Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 54, Made in Manitoba Moral? I thought it was a good title, alliterative, and so on. I hope you enjoy the humor while it lasts, because in this episode, we talk about the sometimes touchy, definitely serious issue of assisted suicide, known as physician-assisted suicide, or alternately medical assistance in dying or medical aid in dying made so there are puns all over the place here it's a mind your morals episode so we really dig into certain circumstances and situations where i quiz daniel on whether or not assisted suicide would be moral he really digs in and we disagree a little bit uh, there's some gray areas and it's not an issue that either of us have considered very heavily, so I thought our conversation was really interesting on the topic. So I hope you will listen, and whether you agree with our takes or not, hopefully you will find it interesting. Enjoy. Bennett the Minute. And Daniel bring you yeah. the third space podcast <laughs> i was thinking about names today well like a lot of words rhyme and a lot of words are notorious some words are notorious for not rhyming like orange i think that's one of them that just yeah. doesn't have a rhyming counterpart but then i went through my list uh like uh, today at uh, my role when i was just taking role and i was like okay ryan crying ryan you know um <laughs> Like Grant. I mean, these are easy. Sloan. You're bringing it back, bringing back coach talent from third grade. <laughs> well, it just struck me that a lot of names, Eleanor. It's like you could probably come up with a rhyme, a three part rhyme, three different words or something uh, with Eleanor. It would take you a second. And like you could do Daniel Cocker Spaniel sure. uh, and Bennett and Minute. Uh, but, but like a lot of rhymes, a lot of words just don't rhyme. And I don't know what to think of that. Uh,. Yeah, they do not. Some words do not rhyme. <laughs> well, names I mean, in particular are just less rhymey, I think, than your average word. <laughs> say that again? What's less rhymey? Just names, like Name, proper oh, nouns, names, I suppose. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, there's no reason to think that every word should have a rhyme either. Um, Rhyming is a happy accident in general, right? Yes. Like there, There's just no... It's just that language is going going to be made out of the same letters and sounds, so therefore there's overlap, and that's all rhyming is. Right, right. I wonder if, I, I suppose this is obvious and goes without saying, but languages with more phonemes, that's what they're called, I believe, the little parts of uh, sound that make up words, languages with more of those have more rhymes, or at least they have the potential for more rhymes. I've thought about or, like, the pleasant... Or would it be the opposite? It would be the opposite. Languages with fewer because, more difficult. because they yeah, overlap because they overlap you have more. Have to reuse them more. Well, that's why, yeah. I like Spanish, you know, a lot of their words end in you know a or o, and I mean, Japanese has a very uh, phonetically limited alphabet too, or I guess sim- simplistic or simple is a way to put it. And so the rhymes, there are a lot more rhymes. So I wonder if that changes like songwriters and poets and 
stuff in other it languages certainly would change and then therefore like the connection of ideas that you make because if you're aiming to rhyme and you might twist or tweak the meaning or i even suspect that like idiomatic expressions derive often from the pleasantness yeah. of their sound and therefore like a lot might either rhyme or be close to it and and so then the translations wouldn't make as much sense uh so you might have less expressions if you have a less rhymy language but also if it's if it's very easy to rhyme then poetry and songwriting may be less respected because it's it's easier anyone can rhyme everything (laughs) yeah whereas in english you know maybe it's more difficult and so poetry is more of a challenge to get the ideas and the emotions and the rhyme and everything of course in modern day we don't care about that stuff, rhyme doesn't matter. You just I was about to say uh, cry not, onto the yeah, page. Yeah, so that's why all the American poets are really respected, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I wonder today how your morals are feeling. I'm feeling very moralistic. <laughs> very moral. All right. Yeah, I'm ready to judge things. <laughs> judge and not, not hold back. <laughs> well, uh, okay. In that case, let's do mind your morals. Um, I have a spicy Mind Your Morals for us today. Um, spicy. <laughs> I thought we could do more. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you did that last stuff. time. Matt. I really like that. <laughs> Mind Your Morals. So, or some sort of button we could click. I would love that. This one is spicy, not because it's super outlandish, like some of the previous ones we've done, like the elimination button and, and so on, but because it's a it's a real pretty much current moral issue that people are facing um oh man yeah i I wouldn't say necessarily that it's contentious exactly but it has the potential for controversy and i just feel like you're gonna it's gonna map onto politics or something um, quickly you know you know there are i don't even know what it is I'm, i'm just ready for it there are some hot button issues that uh, you know, that I'd rather avoid getting into on our podcast. This one, I don't think it's quite there. We'll see what you think. Either way, we're about to get started. So the, uh, the topic is euthanasia, uh, also known as assisted suicide. Ooh, yeah. So there are some things going on in, uh, you know, in various countries around the world, various states in the United States regarding this topic, but I don't want to get into those. Yet, I just want to step through some situations and see where your moral compass is and you know, whether you can you know, rationalize the, the pro and con of the situation, whether it's sure. justified or not justified. And do then, you want my knee-jerk reaction on euthanasia, or do you want to get into uh, some specifics? We'll probably cover... Uh, you, you can give a brief knee-jerk, I suppose, but we'll cover the, the bases, I think. I'll keep it really brief by saying this is a great mind your morals for me specifically because I feel very conflicted about it. Oh, okay, and good. I, so I will not be, it's, I won't be trying to navigate politically to please people. It's just a true conflict to have within my own spirit. Yeah, uh, I don't, so, so I don't yeah. see it as very politically tied up, you know, like it's, it's certainly not one of the main issues that people talk about when they're talking about political you know, politically related moral issues. At least I don't right. hear it in that context. So to me, it's it retains a little bit of purity as a moral issue. You know, it's not tainted by um, all of the political division, at least right. not strongly anyway, um, which makes it good fodder for Mind Your Morals. Yes, yeah, totally. All right, so 
let's just jump in with, uh, there are some definitions we could go over and everything. I don't think we need to. Um, we'll just, we'll, we'll first get your take on things and then maybe at the end we'll, we'll discuss how it relates to the way that the world really is. But okay. let's first just consider kind of the classic situation that people think of when, when they think about um, euthanasia or assisted suicide. So a patient in the hospital uh, with terminal cancer, maybe they're old, uh, they only have weeks to live, and they want to avoid, uh, I guess, the pain uh, of their last days, the cost of their last days, or maybe you know retain their dignity. Um, and so the question, you know, is it moral for a doctor to assist suicide, uh, assuming this person is, you know, of sound mind and able to consent. Right. Um, and so I've got three, or I've got a few subcategories as well, but just why don't you take a crack at that situation? What do you think about that? Sure. So, and that was going to be my question. Are they of sound mind? Um, I think it gets sticky when you start to say, say like, uh, they want to alleviate financial burden for the family. That's where I can start to be iffy, but the scenario you said was weeks. So I just take that to mean that they're near death. Yeah. So there's not this long, they might be missing out on, you know, potential advancements in scientific technologies <laughs> that might save them yeah. or that they're not going to have any substantial experiences. And essentially they're, they're, they're calling it quits on their terms, which I don't see any moral issue with. I guess the reason it even sounds sticky at all, like, I, I think I'm okay with this. I feel very, I'll even feel comfortable enough to say, yes, I'm okay with this. But the reason it's even any, in any way morally sticky is that we operate from the assumption that life, like that we want to live, that a healthy person uh, does not want to commit suicide, that we are biologically driven, in fact, to survive and thrive. And, mm -hmm. and so it gets trickier when you're at the end of your life because survival is is that is not an option for much longer anyway uh, and those sorts of things so the fact that they're old the fact that they're in pain presumably you know um and that they're they're able to say goodbye to their family uh and and then go peacefully i just i not only is the answer yes but like this seems humane to me it really does, and that any in, in in if you were to say no to it, I would suspect you of being ideologically driven. Like you're just so committed to no, no intentional death under any circumstances, uh, that you know. I just am suspicious of the person that goes absolutely not to that. I just feel like they would be responding to maybe something else. So let me ask a a question on this kind of on on this scenario um what about the moral the the moral burden you place on the doctor uh to actually uh, yeah. perform you know let, let's let's assume that the way this is going to work is that they're going to give some lethal you know injection to uh to the patient do you think that do you think that's a moral way to handle this situation so it's called Hippocratic Oath, right? Like, first do no harm kind of thing. That's their number one calling. And then I guess the word harm, you'd have to really unpack because you could argue it's, are, are doctors ever doing harm by keeping their patients alive past what would otherwise be the natural state of things? And that mm -hmm. could be harmful. Um, I, mean, I think you can, and I'm not just saying that as a thought experiment, but like, I sincerely believe that can lead to lots of harm, like extended harm of the patient, of the family, 
in lots of ways. And I guess finances is included in that. Um, so the injection, okay, I guess there is some degree of uncertainty that like a lethal injection, for instance, is absolutely painless. So if there's some spike of pain or some, there's also the mystery of death, right? Like what happens in that moment? Mm-hmm. So there's there there's some room to explore uh, like playing God, so to speak. And I think maybe that's the moral objection in some ways is that like, okay, now we've got doctors playing God uh, and that starts to become, well, it's, I think it's healthy to be fearful of unnatural things of like people playing God. So I'm sympathetic to this criticism. Um, I just don't think we're anywhere near playing God. Like that's such a provocative statement that's, I think, thrown out there as an argument it's like a bumper sticker argument that uh that i'm not prepared to apply to this situation like are you kidding me easing them into their death giving them a peaceful way out moments before their death uh presuming like i think by all of our our scientific assumptions you're not causing some you know bizarre painful experience um so therefore like i'm just i'm comfortable enough to still within my moral framework say like this is okay with me and i don't think doctors are causing harm in fact i still believe that they're alleviating it okay so even if the doctor administers a lethal injection you're you think that falls within the moral the moral balance i guess it's the only what else do you mean like the other one being taking them off the respirator yes withdrawing some life preserving medicine or therapy or something like that yeah, withdrawing. I mean, I will say, yeah, injecting is different than withdrawing for sure. Um, but there is some trickiness. Is it less humane if they're going to take them off the respirator and they're going to choke to death over the course of, well, I guess that would only be minutes, but it could be if they're breathing slowly. All right, it's going to be out four hours. We're just going to watch them kind of struggle for four hours in, the, in a state of semi-consciousness or mm-hmm. uncon- like, I don't know. That's, that's, is that really <laughs> like, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, I don't like that. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm more comfortable with a peaceful, all right, goodbye, thank you. It was a good, you know, it was a good one. <laughs> so Peace look, out, see ya. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. All right, so what about if, is it moral for the doctor to prescribe some medications, barbiturates, for example, and they, they self, the patient self-administers and essentially overdoses? <sighs> well, now you're introducing more possibility for error um taking too much in the vom- and they they go oh i want to take a few more just to make sure but they end up vomiting and then having a horrific incident let's uh, assume can- that okay yeah, this yeah, is okay. a controlled um this you know they're in the hospital and it's a controlled setting it's just that the doctor by his hand isn't you know actually performing this yeah here's the bottle killing. you can choose it and yeah. it will go reasonably smoothly because they will do the proper amount um I mean, I guess that's that sounds even in some ways better. At least my knee-jerk reaction is that sounds better than the injection. Uh, well, I actually am having trouble distinguishing. Like, these feel... I don't know if we're into semantics. It's not semantics because it's a physical act, but, like, what is the difference in the doctor saying, you wanted to kill yourself, right? Well, here's the means to do so versus... It's like holding the door for someone versus them walking through the door. It's like, okay, but, like the door holding is not the issue it's the it's what's on the other side you know like so i don't see the doctor dropping off a pill bottle versus giving the injection is is terribly different like it's controlled conditions we know what the outcome is i think you're just 
posturing, well, maybe even legally. Legally, need, they need probably make a distinction. Le- you know? Legally, there absolutely is a distinction. And I think for good reason, there's a difference between actively taking an action and passively allowing an action to happen to you. And when you're talking about situations of life and death and of intentionally killing someone, I think you don't want to place... You don't lightly want to place the moral burden on a doctor of actively taking an action to kill someone, especially considering the oath that they take and so on. You know, I know some doctors would probably, you know, overlook that and they would do the gymnastics necessary to make that fall under the harm clause that you mentioned. But there's a big difference between the doctor administering something lethal and allowing the patient there's an extra it's almost an extra embodied step of consent if for the patient to take the pills themselves that's a good point right? the extra step of like embodied consent is how you put it that's i think you that's good uh because i yeah it's hey i've shown you all the steps and if you are finally making this consent like you are the one physically placing it because if you, if you kind of go into a dystopian world where this is maybe abused then they would easily claim Mm -hmm. you know he gave me consent and that'd be harder to do if yes you had to take the pills themselves well that's that's another issue right i think with giving the doctors lethal lethal injection power you know you mentioned you alluded to the power to play god um and i think there is some some authority discrepancy here you know you have a weak and vulnerable patient um who's been at the mercy of doctors probably you know if they have a terminal illness probably for months if not years and the doctor is obviously an authority figure with the knowledge of what should happen presumably at least the patient is going to or see what them that will way. happen right yeah, yeah and giving them you know the power and ability to you know end someone's life it just seems that maybe it's not necessarily immoral, but it's there's certainly a, a moral um, uh, there's a moral hazard there. And I just had another thought too. We talk about of sound mind, but pain is a disruption yes. to sound thinking, and so you have to be very careful when someone's in pain. The alleviation of that pain takes precedent. It's so immediate, and so that it can. It's hard to say that they are sober. If you're in a lot of pain, you're not sober. Yes. You're not soberly thinking and making decisions. So um, I still stand by in my the comfort I have at, in the most uh, gracious scenario that you can paint me of the old person who is dying and in a lot of pain and is ready. And, uh, and there's just not going to be a turnaround there or anything. So I'm still comfortable with that. But... Okay. I've got a lot more on my mind. Good. So well, I'm glad what... that I'm I'm glad that you fall that way because it makes if you were against that, then the rest of it gets a little less interesting. But uh, <laughs> so you're you're okay with the. Can most... I get Can I get your opinion, or do we want to save your opinions for for a moment? Um, I'll give my opinion first. Let me ask one more one more little bit on this scenario. Um, okay. Is it is it moral for a doctor to suggest this route to a patient? To say, you know, if, if this is a valid medical pathway to take, is it okay for a doctor to suggest it as an option to a patient who is perhaps what has a terminal illness and, you know, is in pain or is facing some extraordinary cost or whatever? Okay. Well, okay. I think 
suggesting and recommending are different. So if, if I say, hey, doc, I'm assuming it's this is a morality discussion and not a legal one. So let's assume that was an option on the table. And I said, hey, tell me all my options I'm exploring here. Then this is a neutral presentation of ideas. If you want to know all your options, here is one. Um, and then and then that seems morally neutral. It's like you so asked for this. In that case, would, would you be okay with a doctor suggesting euthanasia in any routine physical exam for anyone? <laughs> I mean, if it, if it is an option presented neutrally, you no. go to the dentist and no, you know yeah. you so need a cavity filled and, and, and they say you know right, they try to upsell you on that here you are daniel that, uh, so we we've got our <laughs> silver um we've got our you know our um whatever ceramic you know to implant tooth implant or whatever or yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. euthanasia we could also yeah, kill yeah. you if you want uh, just presenting mint. it neutrally <laughs> we've got mint cookie dough <laughs> or euthanasia <laughs> They try to upsell you on that stuff they put on your teeth, the little slimy stuff for 50 bucks, you know, uh, or, or yeah, euthanasia. Right. So, um, no, of course not. So I guess I have to say, like, but those don't, yeah, um, well, I get what you're saying. The reason, I, well, let me go back to my distinction and then I'll visit that. Is like recommending it seems off the table for me. I'll say that, that like. Oh, based on my medical experience, you I should just, just you die. Should, you should do it. You should just die. That is, there's something morally reprehensible, and like you've overstepped. Okay. Um, when I also, if it's a world in which it's legal, I guess that's always an option, like you said. So, so I tend to actually think in a world where it's legal and it's known you know, as an option that like, no, I don't think they should recommend it. Um, I don't think they should. Should they suggest it? it? Should they mention it neutrally? As you no, said, they shouldn't. I said recommending. No, I don't think they should suggest it okay. because the I only think way... that their job is to keep you, you know, keep pushing you, but also to, to render the services you request. So it's this weird balance. So, you know, if you're interested in exploring that option, they could, then you've opened the door, but, for them to be like, hey, don't forget, you're in a lot of pain. You've been you've been bitching quite a bit, and we could use some empty beds. Like we, you know, we're pretty we're at capacity. Like, well, because motivations for suggestions or yes, or even right. you yes, know exactly. start to play in. And so, yeah. if it's known, then you better believe me that pa patients know when they're facing terminal, you know, or these these extraordinary circumstances. They know, uh, and so, so yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I actually don't think so. All right. So my opinion, um, you know, I like you don't, I don't have a extraordinarily strong moral reaction to the, the issue at the broadest, most general level like this. I think I'm, whereas you fall on the it's acceptable side, just kind of slightly, and maybe you're not totally firm on everything. I'm probably on the other end, just as strongly. Um, I'm against it. A, a little bit, and I feel pretty comfortable denying medically-assisted suicide um, in all of these cases. Uh, I certainly think that the lethal injection is that I don't think that's okay to even get into the realm of doctors who their entire purpose is saving lives. Um, I don't think that we should get them involved in taking lives intentionally. 
Um, uh, so are you saying that like you're scared from a systemic issue of embracing that worldview in which doctors are helping make it happen? But uh, is that fair to say? But you're but you may you may be more into like people doing it themselves, like yeah, like there, at home. There's or, a, like, yeah, there's a little bit of a sliding scale. I don't think we should get doctors involved in administering lethal injections. So the the, the order that I presented these things to you and it you know gets a little bit more extreme, right? Lethal injection, pr- feel pretty good about saying no to that one. Withdrawing the life-preserving therapies or or medicines or whatever, still not really a big fan of that. Don't think we should allow it, but it's better than the lethal injection. And then doctors prescribing drugs for overdose, still don't really like that one. Um, but it's better than, than the others. And I certainly don't think a doctor should ever be in the business of saying, mm, have you considered killing yourself? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's, a, I just don't think that's a good way to go. You brought up a very good point. Doctors have other competing interests. Now they're spo- their primary interest is always supposed to be the good of the patient. And if you introduce the option to let some of those other interests wiggle their way in, then I think they will, um, inevitably, systemically, as you say. Um, and, and then kind of taking the systemic issues off the table, I think there also is sort of a more broader philosophical or maybe even spiritual issue um, about you know, what, is, what is the purpose of a human being? What is our life? What is the value of our life? You mentioned the mystery of death. There's so many things we don't know, but we do know that life is very precious and can't be regained once it's relinquished, at least not within our realm of observation. And so t- intentionally ending that life is a is it's such a heavy decision that I don't I don't know that we can make it. I don't know that we can make it for in the in these situations. I, I'm you know, I'm willing to hear arguments to the contrary, but I would be very hesitant to to make that decision. Well, I appreciate your kind of framing life as a gift and, and precious and things like this. And I, it's a, it's really an optimistic outlook, which I think is the one we should have. Um, and I think we should bring a lot of yeah, this this subject should be treated really carefully. It shouldn't be like, yeah, you know, I stubbed my toe today. I'd really <laughs> rather it not hurt. Or it shouldn't even be like I'm currently massively depressed. Not to state understate the, the the pain of that, but like, I mean, for another bumper sticker slogan that I find compelling is it's a permanent decision to a temporary yes. issue. So well, that brings uh, it up, cannot be revoked. But. I mean, yeah, that brings up a couple of other side issues you already kind of touched on, like a person in pain or at the end of their life or with other concerns like burden to their family or their dignity or, or whatever, all of these things are weighing on their mind when they're making their decision. And there's a question as to whether that constitutes sound mind. Right. And yeah, if there's a, if there's any question whatsoever, then I would be even more hesitant to say, okay, well then suicide sounds like a good option. And on an entirely different topic, I mean, sound mind, I mean, gosh, that would be right. I know, right? Problems. That eliminates 50% of the population. I'll let you guess which or- 50%. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, is there a sound mind, at least, you know, 
and 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 what if you if someone cleverly defines sound mind to mean like you know wanting to survive like i was just saying that we are biologically wired to do then if you are if you're asking for for assisted suicide then then you're not of sound definitely not of sound mind yeah and i know that's a little yeah i mean that's games but but i just something is going on so deeply unpleasant if you're asking for a suicide and like if you're in a deeply well, unpleasant situation then you're not of sound mind you, i don't know it's very you, tricky I, yeah and the thing you mentioned about permanent you know the, the cliche permanent solution to a temporary temporary problem even at the end of life is still a bit apt because your state of mind is transitory you know you could you, you could feel so distraught and in pain in one moment that you want your life to end but there's no telling for absolute sure what's you know what your state of mind is going to be like you know at some time after that and so but but death is final and instant um and so you know there's a there's a hazard in you know killing someone or killing yourself to prevent what the uncertain future do you think it's potentially like undignified like that it robs you of like dignity i don't so you know i that argument isn't as persuasive to me because everyone dies and no one dies a dignified death really i mean you all that's an important statement we really don't do we (laughs) like i mean it's a you all it's a lonely exit it's just you even if you're surrounded you're the only one doing it and it's not like you're 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 putting it on your instagram or something everyone transforms from a conscious being with a soul to inanimate matter um that isn't alive anymore everyone does that um, and so, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't really see that, that that's just not a persuasive argument to me. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't find that one compelling. You know, maybe, maybe that will change at some point, but I don't really find so that. So what do people compelling. really mean when they say like, keep your dignity, like stay alive? Or, like, it's a weird social pressure. Well, see, I mean, it's I just... think it's, it's not just from that angle, keep your dignity, stay alive. I mean, I, to me, it's the more common case is I don't want to, you know, go out wheezing and struggling for breath. I want to die with dignity. I want to maintain my dignity and die, you know, via overdose or assisted yeah. dying or whatever. Right. Well, I can so enjoy it's, my it's, final it's complex. with my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make it either way. I mean, I think maybe yeah. here's, a, here's a way to put it. People want to choose the manner in which they die. But to me, that that degree of freedom choosing the manner in which you die is so small because we would all if given the choice we would all choose not to die rather than to die you know that's the big choice do i die or not die and everyone would choose that's not made yeah. you know not die but they can't because we're all you know finite beings and so this is the only small little degree of freedom we have you know i guess one perspective would be okay well if that's the only choice they have we might as well grant it to them and that's the mercy and then the other the other perspective is you know this is such a minuscule choice that you know, given the other issues that we've brought up that weigh against it, you know, this, we should, we should neglect this choice. Just a quick side note. You might find this funny. We were talking about spoilers in class and, and how some people will, if they learn that the main character dies, it's a sport. They're like, Oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to read it anymore. And I said, well, that's goofy <laughs> because you don't even know the character. You got to get to know it. And they're like, yeah, but what's the point? And I said, "Hey, spoiler alert! You all die." <laughs> oh I'm no! Like, did why, they why, all, why even? Did they all kill know? themselves? <laughs> no, I actually said that. teacher-assisted suicide right there. 
and I said, obviously, there's a delineation between, you know, stories we read and who we are. But, like, there's also a relationship between them. And, like, we have things to do that are worthwhile. I was just trying to make the case that you don't only read for plot, that you read for lessons and characterization yeah. and expanding your world. There's tons of other reasons we read. But that was just a funny, like, yeah, spoiler alert, you all die. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's zip along through some other of these so that we can yeah, yeah, yeah. Fit, fit in an hour here. Um, so they should be a little easier now that you've kind of uh, pressed out the boundaries of, you know, what you think, on, think so. on the issue. So let's consider another kind of classic case. Now, now it's a patient in the hospital. They've been in a coma for months. They have no brain activity. Um, is it okay to pull the plug in that situation? How old uh, are they? 45. And, and then follow-up doesn't matter. Um, does it matter on the, on the, on their age? age? Yeah. I mean, if they were like, again, deathbed age, um, it would kind of matter. Um, but may, or it might matter. So I'm uncomfortable going forward with the, this because the uncertainty of comas, um, I'm sure you could present me some data that says it's pretty dang certain. Uh, but I don't know how certain you'd have to be to just give up on life. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if there's a 1%, if there's a 1% chance they wake up, um, I guess this is complicated. The reason it's complicated to me morally is that I have, I have in, what's in conflict is like some of my principles and some of my like, just, just, I guess basic empathy. Because if I said, what, there's only a 0.5% chance they ever wake up and they're brain dead and they're all of this. It's like, you know, I kind of get it. Like, I get why. The it, I don't think it's some insane decision. Uh, but they can't make the decision, first of all, uh, if they're in the coma. But let's say right. it's in their will. Like, hey, uh, if I, I, I'd like this to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, well, oh, man. <laughs> if, it, if, it's, if, if they've actually declared, if I'm ever in a coma for a long time and there's less than a 1% chance and, they t and the doctor says it's a 0.5%, it's, it, it's a 0.001% chance. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm following their wishes. Should I assist them by taking them off? Uh, well, then I feel like I'm honoring their wishes. And so I'd like to pretend, it, or maybe I'm, is it pretending? I'd like to say this is beyond me. This is, I'm not making this decision. I'm uh, just doing, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, enforcing I, yeah. their will. I tend um, to agree with you in that situation. Let's say it's not in their will. And it was a, yeah, they got in a car accident. They haven't made a will. Yeah, they got know? in a car accident. Suddenly they're now in a coma for six months and, and, all the other situations are the same. The doctor says, yeah, 0.5% chance, so on. Is it okay? Is it moral? Um, is it moral for the doctors to do or for the family well, to a do? I guess that's, that's a, a good question. Either consider each of those separately if you want. Uh, the doctor, I mean, for all the reasons we've discussed, I think I'm leaning against the doctor taking them on off, his own uh, initiative on his own so if he's like and can you imagine the family's like no please leave them please leave them on or like hey there's only so many respirators and like time to time to take them off it's like no you make more respirators <laughs> like but that's an interest now there's a competing interest thing of like who yeah. deserves the respirator more the person who's really actually going to be kept a you know, more likely statistically to survive and thrive. Like you're gonna let this bleak person, you know, whose mm -hmm. lung just collapsed, die because this person who's, you know, called dibs six months ago in their coma. You know, 
Um, yeah. And like, and then, and then if the is the is the doctor allowed to present that? Hey, listen, there's an option where we could keep this, you know, twelve year old who was in a car accident who has a collapsed lung alive if you'll just sign off and kill, you know, meaning your forty five year old Yikes. six months coma. Um, like, is it ethical to even present that scenario to the family? Um, and I bet that I bet the doctor would, by the way, just say, "Hey, this is an option," which is it has its own. Yeah. Like, like gosh, like that's tough, especially if the family was totally on board with keeping the forty-five-year-old coma patient alive. Right. Um, yeah. And or then, there could be there could be also like internal family issues, or they don't. No one wants to say it. No one wants yes, to take them off. So he of just course. says, "Please keep them alive." And then now they actually are freed of the burden because they get the you know, die with their, their, their loved one gets to die with purpose. And so, um, gosh, I don't, I don't like, there's just so many freaking scenarios that this drives me crazy. Um, but there but, is, there is at least one situation where you think it is moral to, to do this. Like you could concoct a situation. This person is 87 years old, you know, when they fell into the coma and, uh, you know, the, the low chances from the doctor and the family is all okay and they put it in their yeah. will. All, all of these things mitigating in favor of it, you would be okay with it. Yeah, at least at least I wouldn't lose sleep at night. I might go, you know, in theory, there's some questions there, but in reality, I'm sleeping fine. And I guess that, at the end of the day, I can sort of morally go, eh, kind of object to that, at least in principle, but I'm going to sleep just fine if that happens. I'm not going to be outraged. And, All right. and, so th- that's you know. the that's the upper boundary. The lower bound. can you establish a lower boundary? Alright, so let me just throw out a lower boundary. Um, a 15-year-old with his learner's permit gets in a car accident, falls into a coma. Um, they've been in the coma for three days. Uh, what about this situation? Is it okay to pull, <laughs> yeah, you pull, keep pull them, the plug? Yeah, you, you don't pull the plug on that. That is a good lower boundary. <laughs> three days, yeah. Like, no, we got to give up. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> All right, let's uh, say it was three months. Um, I'm I'm still saying, and they're saying, hey, it's not looking good. We're talking one yeah. percent chance. Yeah. Um, you you still hold on to three that. years. 15. I. I think at this is an interesting. Now you're at this borderline for me, where the fam it's responsible for the family to have a conversation and say, "Hey, it's been three years. Is there a date in the future that we would be comfortable cons- opening that dialogue up?" Like that's how you might approach. It. So what I'm basically paving the way for is, yeah, like you're getting into where maybe you should have that conversation. Um, because I am uncomfortable. I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable indefinitely. Or like, okay, this 15-year-old is now 38 and mm-hmm. on the respirator. I'm just like, what the hell? What the hell? Right? Can we say that? Like, I didn't, so look, clearly- I didn't look this up, but I wonder what the longest coma duration is, you know, someone coming back from. Yeah, I would um, love to know that because I'm very – I just think, I think it's so sad. And, like, also coma and, and brain-dead – what does brain dead actually mean? So um, a quick a quick Google says twenty nine years. Really? Yeah, Man. just quick quick Google search. So who knows if that's you know I'm not gonna look up the details of that, but yeah, twenty nine years. And, and so are there just some wings in hospitals with like long term like just there's the group of like people five years and more, and there's just like a bunch. They of probably them, move them to know? some other facility. Yeah. 
Yeah, where they, like it might not even be it just be people who know equipment more than the and like know to rotate the bodies almost. You yeah, know, like my bit, but... my grandma was um, unconscious uh, before she she had an aneurysm before she died and she wasn't in the hospital. She got moved to like a long term care facility. Uh, okay. When she was on essentially life support. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I, I really do think three... Okay, you take the 15-year-old, three years in, I think it's not horrible to say, hey, at what... to For the family... Like, I would not think someone's a jerk anyway for saying, hey, like, we at, at five years, will we be comfortable starting to have that conversation? Mm-hmm. Just be, And so that seems... Uh, I mean, I'm really just trying to to think about this and I'm trying as much to make it not a thought experiment. Yeah. Like three long years goes by the family. There's something to be said. Does the family deserve, do they deserve any closure? I don't know if that's the right word, but it would be such a, like there'd be, it would be I really hard. It would be really hard. But to me anyway, that sits outside the equation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in theory it does. I just, yeah, obviously there are practical so. realities, like how many respirators you have and the cost of keeping this person alive. There's a lot of practicalities that influence their, you know, the cold, hard decision. But in a theoretical context, we're talking about the value of a person's life and whether we should, whether we should consciously give up on that life or not. Right. So, I mean, at three years I'm of the 15-year-old, I'm not ready to pull the plug. Yeah. Um, but I like I do see a family gathering together and saying, let's yeah. let's talk about when we would we would consider it. All right. So we established some upper and lower bounds in the interest, pure interest of time. Let's not tease those out much further because I have some other uh, some other situations. Okay. I think it'll get even easier as we go. So all right. So now let's take a step back. Just to, again, tease out another boundary. Let's say that you have a sick dog. It's not a human anymore. It's a Kill dog. It. <laughs> All right. All right, there we go. Moving along. It's a dog. They have cancer. Similarly dire situation as the humans, uh, humans we've covered. Is it okay to put the dog down in this situation? Yeah. I mean, I think even culturally, we and I'm okay with like putting dogs down is usually how they die. <laughs> you yes. Know, All right. Pets so, and stuff. So I just... So just we don't know whether the dog consents to it or not. You know, can dogs consent to their medical procedures? We don't know, but and yet we still persist in putting dogs yeah, down. Like, do but, we care? Is, the answer seems to be no. <laughs> okay, know? so that falls within moral bounds to you. Um. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, putting dogs down. Yes. So. Yeah. All right. So let me present to you another situation. So now it's a a child, a human child with terminal cancer, in the same situation. Uh, and so what if the, you know, what if the child is in a lot of pain and suffering and they want, you know, assisted suicide, but the family does not want the child to you know, be, be killed, essentially. What happens in that situation? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the family absolutely is right here. I mean, I think the child's limited perspective for a number of reasons, just cognitively, in the pain, whatever, um, and you're not necessarily saying this this perpetual lifelong pain, I don't think, or, or are you saying that? Um, um, it's maybe I am. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. Yeah. Um, is there ever a situation in which the you know the 
a sick or injured child wants um, medically assisted suicide and the family does not, in which it's moral to actually administer it. I don't think so. Not not from a yeah, not from a systems perspective. I guess that's where I keep forgetting. I keep leaving behind the doctor and the sort of medical community and our stance that way. I keep going to the yeah. Let's just assume like you know in our first question about the lethal injection, the withdrawing treatment or barbiturates, whatever is the most moral of those, we can apply forward to all of these. Like the method of death, we can apply that forward. Now it's just you know are any of those okay? I just don't think so. Not not from our, not from our, um, yeah, not from a systemic philosophy of how like our doctors should behave. Like okay. they can't go, hey kid, do you, you you're telling me you want to die, so why don't we just tell your mom and dad to go get some lunch and we'll take <laughs> care of things? Like no. Interesting. All right, uh, let's flip it now and let's say the child does not want assisted suicide but the family does they say listen you're you're young you're you know you're young you're in a lot of pain we hate seeing you in this much pain the pain's not going away you're going to die we want you to die with dignity and you know you're your brain isn't fully developed yet your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25 so you can't give consent but we're your guardians and we can so uh, we, I would lo- I would not love it, but I'd be fascinated if there was ever a scenario like this. <laughs> and the kid's like, no, please, mom. And like, listen, this is for the best. Like, listen, darling. Like, life isn't as precious as you think. <laughs> I, just, I feel like it has. she has the sound that way. She smokes a lot, works at Waffle House. Like, I don't know. Um, so, no, absolutely not. The kid wants to live. The doctor, like, no. And, like, there's, there's, no, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so in order, all right, so... We've covered two of the situations. Obviously, if neither of these are okay, then it's not going to be okay in the case where neither the family nor the child gives consent. But in the case where the child and the family give consent, what about that? Okay, that one's... um, Oh, man. Um, So let me try and present an extreme case and see if I would, that where the kid is going to die, or like has been predicted to die based on whatever, the, the knowledge of this disease is like has a... 98% 98% chance of death by within the year. Um, oh, geez. I mean, I don't... This is one of those scenarios where I don't want our laws to say yes. I would vote against it. And then I'm okay if the family and the kid somehow, like... Like, I like I don't know that, like, some doctor... Is it Dr. Kevorkian, the famous... Yes. Uh, like, I... I it, they call in some someone who's going against the rules kind of thing is that mm-hmm. what he's i mean and and like that that feels i don't think this guy is the devil necessarily uh you, we could question it but i'm glad it's outside of our legal bounds but i but i feel like i'm dodging the question by going i know what i want to keep legal and not legal and that's simple and clean to me so i want to, i can tell you definitively no i don't want the system to say it's okay mm. um morally the kid's ready to go statistically he's gonna go anyways it's not a pain the family is it honors the kid and then a doctor you know skirting the system is willing to take that risk and they quietly do it off the record like do how do i personally feel about that i feel freaking sad and like you know what i like as someone outside that situation i go like well like you're 
gosh, I don't even, I can't actually comprehend. I can only do a thought experiment of how devastating it would be. But assuming it's ultra devastating and they're just trying to make their way, I don't feel pissed at them or angry. I just feel sad. And I feel like, I mean, y'all made a decision and uh, like, I'm glad I'm not in that one. Like, I'm so scared to even say what I think, not because I don't, it's like I don't have a thought because I just don't know what I would be like in that situation. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, fair enough. So I'd like to think I would not want my kid, I would not want to honor it and I would like beg the kid. But like presumably, let's say it's been a year and it just keeps getting worse and worse and they're on their, they're like weeks away and they're like, please. And like, okay, let's, let's have a one last cheese dip or whatever, you know, like, like having a good, and bring in Dr. K. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm assuming my kid loves cheese death in this scenario. So it wasn't just for me. Yeah. Um, so the Netherlands and Belgium are two countries that controversially allow um, assisted suicide for children. Uh, I think the Netherlands recently changed one of their laws within the last few years. And Belgium also within the last, I think, 15 years or so. It's a modern a modern development in first world nations to allow um, assisted suicide and certainly for children. I, yeah, because I give serious pause at that and tend to be like, that's not a good thing. I would like to also know, it would alarm me if like, oh yeah, the first year we did two, but by year five, we, we mm-hmm. were up to 75. And then, oh, by year 10, we're, we're at 10,000, baby. Yeah. Like, like, like that would scare me because in theory, I get that year one might be different, but it should absolutely level out by year two or three. And like, we should be at like, hopefully, I, I don't be curious if you had the numbers, but like, like, God, it's heartbreaking, whatever the numbers are, honestly, but sure. that's just because there's pain in the world. But I would hope that the numbers would be like, listen, it's legal and it does tick a lot of people off. But if you look at the numbers, it's three, it's three because of these extraordinary circumstances that would kind of tug on anyone's heartstrings where they would go, well, I'm not for it, but, you know. And I would hope that it would stay within those bounds. I just guess that you're opening the door legally, though, that the the fear is any law that becomes legal, then then it just creeps. Like, the the creep is real. Yeah. All right, let's zoom zoom on. I I hate zooming through some of these really interesting ones, but um, if we want to fit in our hour then we we gotta and i want to get to the final the finales so all right so let's consider now an adult who has simply severe depression or another mental illness uh but but it's not terminal it's not terminal and it's not terminal cancer they're not on their deathbed they just are very unhappy with life they've you know whatever the the uh symptoms of this mental illness are are so extreme that they don't feel that they want to bear bear it anymore. No, yeah, so I absolutely am against, I'm probably the most against this. Um, and not to downplay their pain, but like again, this is we make we make strides in this, you know, like 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 mental health, people shift and they shift quickly mm-hmm. and meds are coming out and we're learning new strategies every day and yeah, no, and, we can't. And on that point, we see a social, right now in our current moment, we see a social trend towards more mental illness, presumably caused by something. You know, the causes are probably many and varied, 
But if there can be social causes to mental illness, then there could conceivably be social causes that resolve mental illness. And so, you know, you could see the trend reverse. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. So like mental illness and, and society or, or being social are like so intertwined because relationships are mental. <laughs> like even my relationship with you, it's like, it's like, it's not physical. Well, you know? I mean, to some extent <laughs> on yeah. special occasions, no, it's very special occasions. It's very physical. Um, but but anyway, I do think you're totally right on that point, and I'm deeply uncomfortable. So even if even if the person had a thorough psychiatric evaluation from two doctors, they gave their full informed consent. There was a waiting period. Um, whatever other right. stipulations, all, all of these stipulations. You're just all not even close to convincing okay. me. Yeah. All right. Um, would it, all right, let me just tack on a couple of things quickly. Let's say it is not medically assisted suicide. Is it a person in this situation? Is it moral for them on their own to commit suicide? I don't think so. And this is why you speak to families. Uh, I watched a documentary called the bridge. It's about, uh, the golden gate bridge, which is the number one suicide spot in the world. And, right. uh, they, they set a camera up controversially. So there's like 12 deaths a year or so 12 to 16. And so they caught them. And they, mm-hmm. but the, what the documentary did well was it, it didn't try to shy away. I'd like to go back and watch it. I mean, this was like 2008 or something, but it didn't shy away from the pain, the ripple effect of suicide and the pain it caused families and the frustration and even anger sometimes mm. that they had. Now I know, like you, you can get into like, is it selfish or not? And like, well, like it's obviously selfish first of all, but also are we being? We don't even know the depths of their pain, so there's true that there's a disconnect. But it just it's it's safe like to categorize it as selfish. Mm-hmm. It's just that sh- how much empathy should we have toward them and and not be angry? It's like, well, uh, I mean, you can't really just like you can't tell them how much pain they're feeling. You can't tell someone not to be angry about it. Um, so given that it's robbing other people experiences of the relationship, it's just morally not tenable. It's just yeah. not. Um, but like, I'm not on a crusade to like, I don't think like you could start a, like an anti-suicide pain and logic them out of it. Like, I think that's just something you're going to deal with as a society. It's just that if you see the numbers creep up, you got to ask yourself, what values happening? are we? Yeah, why is this happening? Yeah. What are we endorsing, and what are the, why are these the consequences? So, okay, because like you, it, it is fair to say that you want to curb and you know suicide and suicide attempts. Like that would be if, if if there are trends in suicides, which there are, then then like we got to really start to understand what's playing into those trends. All right, so these next few ought to be easy given given your stance there. So all right, an adult. Is it, is it moral to administer medically assisted suicide to an adult who believes that they are a divine being who will reincarnate into a new, better person uh, after they die? Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, do, I don't even think I need to t- say more. No, but I mean, I, well, that, that's a fun scenario. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not fun. I don't, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I like there'll be a more a better person reincarnated, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you know, we would probably classify this under the mental illness of course, category, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so for all the uh, same reasons. All right, so what about a homeless person? Maybe their mental state, notwithstanding, they're poor, destitute, 
they don't have a good life. Um, maybe they are engaged in some criminal or drug activity. Uh, they're an eyesore I mean, on the city, so on and so on and so forth. So the answer is no, but the sad part is like that, like the we when you talk about life, we need to frame it as a gift, and and that there is redemption, and that there is value, uh, and there's value even beyond like like that. Could you be in physical pain and theoretically live a fulfilling life? I think I think there, it's not mutually exclusive. Now I know yeah, there's a sure. matter of degree, of course, but so. I love your framing because all of these are just like, if things are bad, can I opt out? And it's just such a short-sighted, it, it, it's not em- emphasizing the, the the gift and the redemptive nature of life like, or mm-hmm. like the opportunity of redemption yeah. that is so, I mean, like, that should just be a fundamentally part of our culture, our worldview. Like anyone who's healthy, um, and I say healthy in the biggest, like whatever cultural sense you can be, like they're going to be like really interested in promoting. I'm just stuck on this idea of redemption, you know, yeah. um, but like, like that, that's power because there will be down people. I'm not, it's not something like everyone be happy. No, no, no. Like you emphasize redemption. Like we're going to make mistakes or we're going to be down or we're going to be sad or like life is chaos and terrible and lots of things, but there is also like redemption and to emphasize that is like, what we need to do right yeah there's a reason um, to hang on yeah yeah all right what about a prisoner sentenced to life in prison mm. uh, let's I mean, say that they are 60 years old and they're sentenced to a 20 year 20 year sentence or whatever it's a provocative statement to say something like it's bizarre like is it bizarre? So someone commits a crime and then now we're just going to keep them in the cage forever. And mm-hmm. like, what kind of life is that? What kind of life is that? And I'd say you can still find value if they're allowed to socialize. Let's say that if they were just supposed to be in uh what is it called? Individual confinement or not? Uh, Isolation. Uh, solidary. Yeah. Solidary. Yeah. Solitary. And isolation. Solitary. Conf- solidarity. Confi- <laughs> Sol- <laughs> solitary confinement. And, um, then, like, I would say you're in this sort of cruel and unusual I don't think we position, even do but, that. But, no. Not in the so, US, anyway. So if you, are, if you are, like, able to read books and socialize and even, you know, and, like, there's too, too many reasons for you to just... We're not literally locking you in a cell and, and never, ever letting you out and not letting you talk to anyone. So right. there is a quality of life, so I'm not buying so it. Even so even if no, this yeah. person is a heinous serial murderer they're you know they have a life sentence they're never getting out of jail the evidence is beyond doubt so there's no chance they were innocent they admit their guilt and um they want to die and they say please i don't want to stay in prison for the rest of my life i would rather just have you know lethal injection i'd rather you just execute me it's immoral for us to carry out that wish i think so um yeah uh what what are your thoughts on that i tend to agree with you yeah i mean like i i was pretty resistant from the very start right so as we go further on i'm yeah i'm basically in the no the no camp for all of these <laughs> so i would be a bad subject to do this mind your morals on i mean i could talk about the whys and everything but in terms of really having to tease out well, my boundaries it, 
Yeah, I did that early on. I'm also interested in like, would would we have the right to kill that person, right, against their will, kind of thing. But but that's a whole another discussion. Um, well, I mean that that's an interesting question, right? Because that we do have capital punishment in the United States and many places in the world, and we deem that if a person commits an egregious crime and they're judged by, you know, a, a jury of their peers and sentenced and so on, we can execute them. We obviously consider that within our moral bounds. And so here we have a situation, let's say all everything is the same, it's just that the legal process didn't, th- their sentence wasn't execution, it was life in prison. You know, maybe they live just across the state boundary between a state that allows capital punishment and one that doesn't. And so they're on the other end. They say, oh, why couldn't I have committed the crime a few miles elsewhere because then I would be able to be executed and I wouldn't have to live in this terrible, right. terrible life. And if we if we consider it within our moral bounds to kill someone with all of these same circumstances, you know, why should we not, if they agree to it, that seems like one step closer to being a moral thing to do, doesn't it? Or is part of their I mean, punishment that they have to suffer life? I know, but that's that. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the like. Hey, you committed these crimes, and now you're you got to do the time. <laughs> like you actually have to do the time. Maybe so. Uh, and I'm wondering, can, are you consistent with like capital punishment views, and then views on euthanasia? Like, is there some overlap? Can you do you have to be against? capital punishment if you're making all these cases about like life and it's precious and it's a gift i think that's probably an area that most people haven't thought about yeah but we we really arrived we've got there yeah and it's hard for me to say that it's it it seems inconsistent to say sure i'm pro like capital punishment if they did something really heinous but and i'm I mean, I think like I'm an anti-euthanasia. Like those seem in some ways in. I mean, excuse me. I'm pro-euthanasia and, well, oh man, it's just like it's it's dizzying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I am generally against the euthanasia scenarios that we're presenting. Yeah, and I'm generally pro-capital punishment. Right? Is that hypocrisy? I don't. I I don't think it's hypocrisy because in the capital punishment scenario. It's punishment. Yeah, it's innocent human it's, life versus yeah. not innocent human life. That's the right. That's the that's the major distinction. And actually, the trickiest thing that we've thought of this entire episode is what you just, you know, what we just talked through. The person who is on, you know, who has a life sentence in prison was just across the state line, wants to die, and is it moral for us to, you know, accede to that given that they killed a bunch of people and are, you know, a heinous unrepentant criminal and so on it would be still morally just in some ways yeah to rob because they're not innocent so you're like free morally there (laughs) right but actually i think you presented the answer to that which is the our legal system is set up such that the verdict rendered by you know the, the jury and then and then the judge that is justice that that's how we morally um that's how we make it morally okay is that the civil authority is the one passing down the sentence. It's not you know, by a mob or anything else. It's the civil authority that we've imbued with these moral, this moral authority. And so to counterman that, that's where it becomes immoral. So whether they decide life in prison or capital punishment, that's the decision. And to counterman that, that's when it becomes immoral. Do you think as we kind of wind down that, that I'm that 
we're intertwining legality and morality. It's hard. Uh, well, it's hard not to. We are, but yeah, it's it's hard not to. I guess to. I just because I don't like this idea of what's legal is moral and what's illegal is immoral. Obviously, that's oversimplistic thinking. Well, I mean, it's like, what do we want to be legal? Well, we want to be legal. What is moral? Yes. You know, that's for sure. Whereas we don't want to mis- make the other like, oh, what is legal? Like, what is legal is dictating my morality. No, no, no. Sure. We want what's mor- moral to dictate our legal right. system. No, I totally agree. I think morality is, should be held to a higher standard than than the law. Um, and that's the point of Mind Your Morals is to talk about morals But that's morals the confusion the I have. That's the confusion I have is that, yeah, yes, I agree with you, but I'm more comfortable speaking about what I want to be legal and illegal in this conversation than I am saying definitively what's moral and immoral because it's i'm, I'm comfortable saying no these things need to be I- illegal well this, i think this, like so i, I think I, I fell that, on that side i think that reveals like, something about your morality me. yeah whether you're willing to that admit I'm it wish, or not. wishy-washy <laughs> yeah. well just that, that the... well i mean i just think that if you're saying something i mean no i i get what you're saying there's a distinction there and it's easier it's easier in some sense to say let the law decide than it is to take the responsibility of deciding it here on the spot hypothetically you know so no, I get, even I get if that. i were writing the laws i mean I'm, I'm i will say like we should write it in the laws euthanasia should not be endorsed for all the scenarios and that was most of them right all the scenarios i, I articulated yeah. like or that i said so i'm comfortable writing that in the law and then again the dr k scenario i'm i'm also on a personal level um at least way more gray area about like do i judge that family and do i want to do i think the law should like catch them and pin them against the wall and really prosecute them to the fullest extent kind of thing it's like well like or do you you know and yet and the answer would have to be yes if you're going to say it should be the law but i don't know i just feel a little more gray area there in some in some of those scenarios um let's let me wrap up with two two more quick uh, very okay. quick, I suspect scenarios, and then I want to give you some some real world uh, factoids, and then we can then we can wrap up. So, all right. Okay. So let's consider: is it moral a person uh, whose loving spouse just passed away suddenly? Maybe their ch- maybe it was a car accident, and their child died as well. Some other, you know, the most tragic event that you can yeah. imagine happens to a person. Doesn't affect their physical well being. They don't directly have a mental illness because of it but it's some extremely tragic situation that happens yeah, to them extraordinary grief no yeah, yeah absolutely not um what about a person they're just having a really really bad day <laughs> yes you know because <laughs> no <laughs> um all right so th- that's all the scenarios that i that i had for you but i want to blow your mind with some with, with how it really is and the- i may not blow your mind but to me i found it somewhat somewhat shocking so Voluntary active euthanasia uh, is when the doctor administers a lethal injection. Um, that is illegal everywhere in the United States. That can't be done. Okay. Um, non-voluntary euthanasia is a physician, a doctor, ending the patient's life without their consent when they're in a coma or close to death or whatever. Um, that's illegal everywhere in the world, so you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so for the doctor to do that, I don't, I didn't look into the legality of, you know, the, you know, people putting it in their will and the family and all that stuff. I'm glad though, non-voluntary euthanasia sounds terrifying. Yeah, it sounds like a like not good murder. idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, involuntary euthanasia is when they don't 
they don't get the patient's consent and the patient isn't unconscious or whatever, obviously that's just murder. It's considered murder. Yeah. And then there's assisted suicide, which has in recent years come under the euphemism medical aid in dying. Um, that's This is where the politics starts to enter in. Yeah. It's been traditionally Rebrand. called... Yeah, it's been traditionally called assisted suicide, physician-assisted suicide, PAS, and it's been rebranded as medical aid in dying. And there's been some recent legislation in the U.S. and other countries um, to legalize it. Uh, this is where the physician gives, uh, prescribes barbiturates, usually barbiturates, to the patient, and they uh, they overdose. Um, and it's it's legal in the U.S. in 11 states: California, Colorado, D.C jurisdictions i should say hawaii montana maine new jersey new mexico oregon vermont and washington so kind of spread around a little bit yeah, um, a little so it's legal in the u.s and then what i found kind of shocking uh last year in oregon uh it was ruled unconstitutional to refuse assisted suicide to people from other states who traveled to oregon to to die via assisted suicide so anyone in the U.S. can travel to Oregon like, and like, get this uh, physician-assisted suicide. You mean like if they're over eighteen or whatever, I could go over and I could do it and say, "Hey, I had a really bad day. I want this." You don't mean that. You just you don't mean in, that, right? In the U.S., uh, it's only uh, there are some further restrictions. I think you do have to have um, some sort of illness. There are some legalese terms about okay. the, the level of illness that some you face. Some stipulations, though. There are some no, stipulations. No, I'm, um, I'm pretty down today kind of thing. Yeah, I or... think there's, an, in the U.S. anyway, you still have to be 18 or older. Um, but but here's here's the most insane, the absolutely most insane one I could find. So it, And it's our neighbors to the north in Canada, America's Hat. They, they I, You may have even seen some headlines about this. Um, that's kind of what sparked me to think about this topic is that they have they've implemented some kind of insane laws like they now have it you don't have to have a fatal or terminal condition you can just have a mental illness you you just have to have the desire to have uh, to, to to commit suicide and they will um uh, there are some other stipulations about you have to uh, you have to get an approval from like two doctors and there's a 90 day waiting period or something. Two there, doctors. There are some like, there, there are some little stipulations like that that you know I didn't I didn't go read the bills. Yeah, kind of like to smoke marijuana, you had to get a card and that, to make it really sure. legit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like that. Um, but they uh, they do they do have that in place. In fact, they passed that law um, in 2021 and. It, Man, was supposed to, head, it was supposed yeah. to go into effect in March of this year, but there was so much controversy about it that it's now delayed for another year until it goes into effect um, for them to, I guess, consider it further or whatever. Um, but you asked about numbers, and in 2021, in Canada, more than 10,000 people died by euthanasia. That's 3.3% of all deaths in Canada. Wow. Which... Wow. <laughs> that's just to me that's insane wow. right like for something i don't think about suicide very much and i certainly don't think about assisted suicide that much but to think that that high of a number in canada are just people saying yep yeah, you know i've had enough for whatever reason you know presumably uh since this law about mental illness hasn't hasn't gone into effect yet then a lot of these people were terminally ill or 
or whatever, but or in I pain. I really like to know the average age too. That kind of sure. thing would make me feel better to learn that. Oh, they're eighty six or something, you know. But sure. Um, but still, I, I'm looking for a reason to feel better because well, it's such an upsetting number. Look, uh, I, I just want to hammer home the absurdity of this. Like, you don't have to have a fatal or terminal condition. You can have a mental illness of whatever flavor. Pick your flavor. There's a lot of popular ones right now, and yeah. you can just, you know, in Canada, say, you know, I'm, I feel dispossessed. Please, yeah, I, yeah, please, right, please end, please end me. I want to, and and you can do it. Doctors will will do it for you. You essentially can say, I desire. I mean, wouldn't even desiring it could suggest that you do have a mental illness you know yeah i think that it's a short-sighted view on mental illness and mental health and i think it's just it's this suggestion because i think that their argument would go something like this is like listen bennett listen daniel you think there's going to be people running to the suicide shop saying please kill me that's that you're ridiculous it's not like this is going to increase the number this is these are people that are already going to find ways and we're just going to do it safely. It's not yeah. like this. Well, you're not going to create trends. That's the argument. It's like you are short-sighted. You are foolish if you don't see the connection between society and suicide. <laughs> like, like that, that's a, that is real. Well, the reason people are depressed, like, anyway. Let oh, me ask God. a final provocative cynical question. So in the same way that a person like me might say that we shouldn't educate students who don't want to be there. Should <laughs> c- could a person, not me, say, "Well, these people want to die. Society we will be better off without them. We only want people who want to live and who have that vitality and desire to improve things for society and and themselves." Um, and so it's okay if you if you do want to de- desire suicide. We should make it as easy as possible so that we can be free of that burden i mean it, yeah, i feel terrible even making an argument yeah, yeah. I, I disagree yeah. with that so strongly but like th- that is an argument sort of like if you if you commit crime so you are you're done we're done there's no redemption here there's no thought yeah, of this. so right. it's just like screw all those who are a little weird different or or even crime like, or like commit crimes like you are done like so it's like it's it's master race type ideas of like yeah like we're gonna be the best and we're gonna eliminate anyone weak and like no like that that is so short-sighted so like it it does have this dystopian like flair to it of like yeah let them you know let them commit suicide and like let's let's uh let's do a complete like just send all the criminals to australia like all the world through the wormhole and like through the wormhole (laughs) yeah it's like like this will solve all our problems, but we kind of know that it won't. Like it's just that's so. And, so and reference reference to a previous episode, wormhole punishments. Yes. By the way, yeah. everyone go check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I find that to be. I'm just sitting here insulted that I'm I'm I'm, I'm imagining the argument for the just let them let anyone who wants to commit because, suicide commit suicide because it's compassionate. Oh, by the way, that's the term commit. Have you heard this? The argument goes, yeah, it's debt. Uh, Medical death aid by and suicide. Oh. Well, that, yeah, yeah, but death by suicide oh. too. That's also oh. because committing is associated with like, what do you crime. commit? You commit crime and that kind of thing. Oh, jeez. Like, at least they're not trying to get rid of the word suicide. And I do find, but like, like it's just a phrase well, we use. They are. And I don't think, I do not associate committing and, I mean, you commit yourself to a partner, you commit to a goal. Like, you do commit crimes as well. But like, that's so. Well, that's the same as the use of the word alien, right? Like, People feel uncomfortable applying that to people from other countries, like like but a, it's not. Yeah. That's the word. 
well, that's the word you use. So commit people feel uncomfortable because that's what you use to describe crimes. But that's also is that's the word. So yeah, you can also say you do a crime or you you know like death by suicide is like all right. I I, I maybe I should care linguistically, but I would care if you got rid of the word suicide. That's why physician assisted suicide. It's more offensive to change it to what'd you say? Medical aid in dying. Medical aid in dying is uh, gross because it's not a little unclear. It's, it's almost means. Orwellian. Like yeah, yeah. I, f- I find that it feels a, much more Orwellian. A little it. odd to call it that. Very strange yeah. to me. So. Yeah, you're just performing microaggressions now when you say medically assisted suicide. Like <laughs> you just really like hit the s, you know, and offend yeah. people. So. Uh, that was fun. That was a fun, yeah. bright, cheery podcast but i find it a very fascinating issue so i thought it would be good to i think i i i thought we did a good job um getting all of our thoughts and 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 we're not totally in well we're mostly in lockstep we usually are but like pretty close i think think there's some gray i I mean i don't know it's just me it's it's kind of typical me being just like oh man it sucks for some of these people in these border cases that like so so i don't even know if that means i'm morally gray or if i'm just like empathetic and like go i don't know (laughs) it's not me being lazy either i promise you like it's just like i just think it's difficult well Uh, i mean that's one of the caveats of mind your morals is that you know obviously these are hypothetical situations that we are not in and i always you know people try to spring hypothetical questions on you all the time and i always say you know hypothetically my answer would be so and so and so because well i'm not in the situation and you're asking me a hypothetical and i reserve the right to change my answer if that situation actually comes to pass it's also important to hypothesize and do hypothetical experiments yeah you're not in that situation so you can't speculate it's like no what it means to be human is to that's right exactly consider that's part that's part of what distinguishes us from animals is our ability to consider situations that we haven't encountered yet and, and it increases our models. humanity in doing so. Yeah, it like does. We should be increasing it. And yeah. not, if you were to say you can't speculate, then like you're just not going to have very many thoughts in general. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. It, it could and has, I think, has been the subject of other podcasts, but the ability to do that across boundaries of race, sex, age, whatever, put yourself in someone else's shoes, that, that is the concept of empathy and or sympathy, and it increases our humanity. It doesn't, doesn't decrease it. So, yep. Good point to end on. Yep, that's the that's the end. Do 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 do. Over. Su- suicide. Suicide. <laughs>